Good evening and welcome to Joy 99.7 FM and to tonight's edition of Springboard, your virtual university. Thank you for joining us on your favorite leadership and personal development show. This is the platform where your personal values are enriched on a weekly basis. Springboard is brought to you by Legacy and Legacy and your superstation Joy 99.7 FM. The broadcast is made possible by the, by the collaboration of some of Ghana's finest brands, committed to the development of the nation's human capital. Springboard would like to thank these companies for supporting us to bring you our agenda for the year 2020 MTN, Ghana's number one network, the Enterprise Group, UMB Bank, and Axis Pension Trust. Let me see a big thank you to Graphic Business, our print media partner. Thank you all for joining us tonight on Joy FM and also on Facebook. My name is Albert Okran, and I'm here with my virtual academic board chaired by Comfort, as well as Matthew Priscilla, David Amos, Emmanuel, and Jojo. Last week, we had a great time on taking your first steps up the property ladder with Salabi and Dansua Siamisa. If you missed that show and the ensuing reviews, get it from Graphic Online or find it on our various platforms, including Facebook. Tonight's edition will be summed up on page 18 of the Graphic Business and also on Facebook. Tonight, we turn our attention to managing stress and mental health in a fast-paced world. I am privileged to have two people who will bring us a deeper understanding of this subject. It is said that mental health issues tend to take a big toll on the health and wealth of Ghanaians. Among the mental health problems afflicting Ghanaians are depression, bipolar disorders, schizophrenia, anxiety conditions, drug abuse, especially tramadol of late, alcohol abuse, and suicide. Sitting in there almost unnoticed is anxiety disorders. A study in 2009 showed that 41% of Ghanaians had psychological distress. And for 19%, approximately one out of five people in this statistic, the distress was moderate to severe, enough to give rise to mental illness. Let's talk about this. The 41% psychological distress and all the related spin-offs translated to productivity loss amounting to 7% loss of the national GDP, 7% using Ghana's rebased GDP of 65.5 billion. I'm going to tell you shortly how much money we lose by ignoring what is such an important part of our national lives. I have in the studios Professor Angela Oforiata, a clinical psychologist, and Kwabna Dapa Afriye, a corporate executive, who will share with us his own experience and how rising up out of it has given him the assurance that everyone can get better if they connect with the right people. Angie and Kwabna, welcome to Springboard. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for making time to be with us. Pleasure. Yeah, it's a pleasure. There's, there's, there's something about this show. Everyone wants to hear what you have to say. But before I bring you on, let me let me say that in our Data is King segment, Amos, Amos is the numbers man. He will tell us why there are 10 people in the studio in the outer studio. And per the statistics, Amos has six of us are stressed. I am one. So, so <laughs> the, the remaining nine, Amos has to show us the remaining five who are stressed. He says six out of every ten people are stressed. So he will tell us the statistics for that one and five possible causes of the stress. You can deny the first four, but the fifth one is a trap. You will fall into it, believe me. 
that's when Amos comes in the data skin segment. In our game changer segment, Jojo will tell us about the power of leverage. It's big. How to connect with people in achieving your dream. In our wonderful world segment, I'll tell you why every contribution you make to the health sector can make this world a better place. You're going to enjoy the show. But let's start with our quote for the day. And let's go to Jojo. Jojo, what's, what's our quote for today? So today's quote is from William James, who says, The greatest weapon against stress is our ability to choose one thought over another. Mm. Give it to me again. The greatest weapon against stress is our ability to choose one thought over another. Will, will, will this be a case of selective focus or self-control? <laughs> That's an interesting angle, but I would look at it as more of substitution. Because if you look at Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your minds and hearts through Christ Jesus. And let the church say, Amen. Amen. <laughs> All right. That's a nice, a nice way to start. So we are in the studio with 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 Kwabna, who has a story to tell, and Angela, who has the interpretation to the story. Kwabna will tell us how a, a physical challenge led to a, a health, a, a mental health challenge, and how it totally changed his whole life. And Angela will help us understand how frequent is it in our lives that we find such situations what is the implication of what Kobna went through and what are the do's and don'ts of managing people with this kind of situation let's start with you Kobna yeah. tell us take us back to 2012 before we came to the studio you're saying that the day it happened was exactly a, a, a day hearts played protocol yes. and the scholar was the same the same two one alright <laughs> being a house fan obviously I wasn't happy right but I wouldn't say that triggered the anxiety um, it was a Sunday morning. I went out to meet some friends. We sat at a usual drinking spot that we sit on Sundays and took some alcohol. And on my way back home, I heard a score line in uh, Kotoka Trash House 2 1. I got home, ate supper, and as I was going to my bedroom, I just uh, felt some. Awkward thing moving in my body as if I couldn't walk well. I was swaying and my whole mind, on, I couldn't focus. So I rushed out of the room and I should, I should confess, I, 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 do, I, used, I didn't used to go to church on Sundays. And suddenly the way started coming out of my mouth, the devil was like, I go save me. And Obviously, residents around heard me screaming, and then they took me to the hospital. And after being giving some six drips, I came back and I heard the doctor whispering to one of the nurses that the condition this guy went through, he could have passed on. So when I got well, that thought was in me: I could have died. I could have died. So I started taking normal drugs. I, I, I didn't start with anxiety drugs. So I went to another health facility and they started giving me some anxiety drugs and because they realized that no, I was not fasting properly. So um, I started with one drug. I don't I don't know whether prof is parasitin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started with that drug and that 
after taking the drug, I realized that I wasn't, after taking the drug, I always had headache, experience of headache. So, in 2014, I was in my office when, I don't know, a lady came to me, she said she wanted to come in, um, do some catering services at our office. When she came, I was experiencing some uh, unpleasant feelings. As I was having the attack. So when she was talking to me, I told her that I wasn't feeling fine. And she asked, she asked me why. And I said, oh, I, was, I, have, I have this anxiety system that comes on and off. And then she started laughing. And obviously, somebody is not well. And you have come, I don't know you. I'm telling you my sickness. And you are laughing. But I kept my cook. She came a week after. And then still I wasn't feeling fine. Then I told her, I'm still experiencing those symptoms. Then she told me that there's a hurt that she has experienced that before. That's why she was laughing that day. But she can recommend me to a, doc, a doctor who is who was, who was in Cape Coast. I was doing locum in one of the hospitals at North Carolina. I don't want to mention the hospital because I haven't sure. got the permission from them. So, but the doctor comes on Friday. So I have to book before I can see the doctor because the doctor is a very good doctor. He has a lot of patients. So she called the doctor for me. I booked, I went there, and this, when I went there, I was, that time I was feeling jittery, and I was afraid. Then the doctor asked me, I said, oh, I'm afraid that something will happen to me. Then he said, Nji, which I'll be there, I'll be there. Then, that started, I started reflecting, if something will happen to me. That's what will happen to me. Let me take you back, let me take you back a couple of steps. Right from the day in April 2012, when it started, how was it manifesting itself? What were the symptoms you were showing? Uh, I was, I was, I used to get annoyed easily. Easily angered, okay. What yeah. else? And uh, jittery. Okay. Palpitations. I wasn't sleeping well. Obviously, they gave me all that happened. That was helping me to sleep. Right. Yeah, so that's that. But... Sometimes you take the drug, you sleep nine hours. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you take the drug, you sleep seven hours. So the sleep was not even. Right. So let me ask you, for, for somebody who's a busy corporate executive, you became easily angered, mm-hmm. jittery, mm-hmm. you were having palpitations, mm-hmm. and bad sleep. Mm-hmm. Did it affect your work? Um, I would say... In terms of giving... Job, uh, giving job to my boss on time, they affected. But relating to my staff, it affected me because they realized that I changed. I was the type who was always happy, go easy go um, boss or subordinate. And suddenly they realized that I was resent, and I was not talking like at first. I was I was keeping to myself. What was the reaction of your work colleagues? Did, was it helpful? Did they understand? Did they even know what was, being, what was happening to you? Initially, no. But the one who was sharing office with me understood me. So when we realized that I'm quiet, they would take me out in the car to a place where we shall go and sit and eat together. And they would always, always encourage me to talk. Come now, speak. Come now, let's... Was, he, did, he, did, he actually did well because he actually made me always talk and feel like I, before. What about home? At home, obviously my... Spouse didn't understand 
initially right. until we went to meet the doctor together. Yes, together. The doctor right. explained that this is a symptom that you need you need you need to also have to understand your husband and buy into this uh, what uh, what is going through. I must say I put a, a lot of stress on her because if I won't sleep, she can sleep. Right. I remember one night I told you before you came in, I slept from 11 to 11.30, 30 minutes. From 11.30 to 4 a.m., none of my eyes closed. I was afraid to sleep. Was it fear? Did you have fear at the time? Yes. The fear of what? Fear because I realized that when I'm about to sleep, I realized my I felt maybe some numbness in my legs. And the moment that thing starts, then I, I shake, then I can't sleep again. Right. I'm going, to come to you. I'm going to come back to you to explain further what you went through because you're still here today, we are talking and, and we are just having, having a conversation. But what you describe sounds scary if, you, if, you, if you're not part of the, the story or you didn't see it. Today we're talking about it and we are, we are giggling about it and everything, but I'm sure it must have been very scary at the yeah, time. Let yeah. me come to Professor Ophiriata to help us to understand. Is, is this something that is common? Is it something that is even normal? He describes a physical condition and the fear arising out of it that triggered a mental condition. Help us to situate this mm-hmm. whole discussion within the context of mental health as a whole. Doc. Right. Well, you rightly um, you mentioned anxiety disorders right. as um, uh, a little known um, um, disorder um, and if you went to any of our big psychiatric hospitals, you wouldn't find very many people reporting with anxiety disorders. But um, And there are different kinds. And this one that he talks about sounds like a panic disorder. And in a panic disorder, Sigmund Freud, a psychoanalyst, or our first psychoanalyst, would say, it's your body just misbehaving on you. Because all of a sudden you can just have um, symptoms of intense fear, fear reactions. So you can sweat, your heart rate goes up, your breathing is funny, or um, you know it becomes very fast. Uh, you and the and the, the, the the deep, um, the most common part or the critical um, symptom there is a sense of impending doom. Mm. Something terrible is going to happen to me. And let me let me let me let me interrupt and ask you what what makes a person feel believe have the sense of foreboding that something bad will happen? What 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 makes it what triggers it? I think it's the uh, as Freud would say, your, when your body starts misbehaving on you, you think you know many people think I'm going to have a heart attack. Right. So that's a sense of impending something is not quite right in my body. Why why is my heart skipping a beat? Why is it beating so fast all of a sudden? Um, why is my breathing up? Something terrible must be happening to me. And come that's come why. In, your, in your case, did you, you mentioned that you, f- because of what the doctor said, you had this fear that you, you could possibly die. How, how big a contribution was what he had at the time? Well, he already had had the first panic. Right. Which is what landed him in hospital right. in the first place. So that in itself is a really, I don't know what's happening to my body. Something right. terrible must be happening. So for the doctor to then 
say that, oh, he could have died, just reinforces that sense of impending doom. Right. Um, I've had a, a patient in the past who was much older and who had had, who was afraid, or he had a heart attack, and then he began to have panic attacks. So he thought that he was actually having a, uh, another heart attack, and he wasn't. That heart attack matter was ruled out, and we realized he was having uh, panic attacks. And, and so it's really a sense that it's like a lion is standing in front of you ready to snap at you, but there's right. no lion. It's your, just your body. Sometimes when you've had the first panic, other things can trigger the panic. Right. For example, if you had a panic when you were in a trotro, every time you go into a trotro, you might be afraid that you will get a panic and right. you need to run out. Right. You know, so there's also a sense of I need to escape from this situation. Right. So you, you know, that compounds the problem because you might need to escape and you might also then say to yourself, I'm not even going to go out so that I have a panic. I had a colleague who had Mm -hmm. a panic during an exam situation. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, any time we had an exam situation, it it would repeat itself. And it was so bad. It actually affected him. And we were doing a master's program together. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it kept recurring any time he sat behind an exam, mm-hmm. exam paper. Mm-hmm. Yes. Let me, let me, for the benefit of our listeners, what we're trying to do is to demystify mental health. Mm-hmm. In fact, when you mentioned, Angie, that if you walked into any psychiatric facility, mm-hmm. what went through my mind is how many of our regular listeners would even consider going to a psychiatric facility for help? Just mm-hmm. the very name. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what were you this morning? I had to pass through a psychiatric facility before coming to work. Mm-hmm. Everyone would possibly look at you and say, hey, hold on, are you, are you good? Mm-hmm. It's just a certain mindset we have about a psychiatric facility. But even before we go to that, in a previous um, engagement we had about mental health, you, you drew up a list of things that mm-hmm. made all of us start asking ourselves, are, are we good? Mm-hmm. So just f- for the benefit of educating our listeners, mm-hmm. what are some of the interesting signs, mm-hmm. almost normal? He mentioned um, bad sleep, palpitations, mm-hmm. but just give us mm-hmm. a checklist that we could work with mm-hmm. that gives you an idea that mm-hmm. um, you could be distressed or it, 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 psychologically you would not be in the best frame um, well if your body suddenly started to have signs of fear um, okay. then like like um, Kwabna had then that's a sign that things are not well if you were not sleeping properly that would be a sign that all is not well if you lost your appetite when you were a healthy eater, or if you find that you're eating too much, if you find that you're sleeping too much, that may be a sign that all is not well with you. If you begin to have thoughts um, that keep recurring, which you are not able to stop, that would be a sign that you're not well. And then going more on the the more serious scale, if you begin to hear voices nobody hears or or see things that nobody sees. That's the more serious sign of mental illness. But I think for all of us, if our relationships began to suffer, for example, or if we found that we couldn't control our desire for or for substances, like you need to keep uh, relying on coffee to keep awake or smoking cigarettes more and more or 
turning to cannabis or cocaine or and then you lose control over your ability not to have it when you don't want it then you know that you are into an addiction um, so those are some of the things that come to mind for when you should begin to ask yourself is everything okay with me 24 minutes past the hour of seven o'clock this is springboard your virtual university today we're talking about managing stress and mental health in a fast-paced world this show is dedicated to all those who find 24 hours not enough to meet your corporate aspirations and your business your business dreams because invariably that is one big trigger point of stress and for many people the stress from the workplace is one of the biggest challenges that you are dealing with professor Ofurata says look out for these interesting signs that you need help one is a sense of fear two is sleeping little or sleeping too much three is eating little or eating too much four is recurring uh, re recurrent thoughts that you just cannot control five is voices you are hearing that no one is hearing six things you are seeing no one is seeing seven relationships are suffering and eight uncontrolled desire or addiction to coffee cigarettes um, cannabis and everything in between we're going to take alcohol. a brief and alcohol okay we're going to take a brief <laughs> break but this is springboard your virtual university brought to you by join 99.7 fm and legacy and legacy my guest for tonight professor angela oforiata she's a clinical psychologist and kovna dapafrie is a corporate executive who's telling us that what you went through tells him that everyone going through this kind of challenge can be helped if you talk to the right people adopt the right approach and get help what is it that you yourself are going through? I'm going to try to open the phone lines today. Call, call, and let's have a, a, an honest discussion. Is somebody you love going through this kind of situation? Are you yourself going through too much stress that you cannot handle? Let's be honest with ourselves, and let's see if we can help somebody tonight to just move on and become a better person. Let me bring you a brief break. Um, um, <laughs> and some sponsor messages when i come back i'm going to tell you in the wonderful world segment how a little contribution to healthcare has changed one one person's life in particular and and, and it's just so beautiful last week we talked about prisoners who were matriculating um in, into the university of cape coast but on the insulin prison campus today i'm going to bring you something about health and how a little contribution from you and i can make the world a better place. Please don't go away. Hello, Mitanazina. Thank you for showing up at our monthly meeting. I have some good news for you today. Efrida Kowahu, you have a bondo electricity credit, you know. Oh, relax, 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 relax. I am not increasing it. I just want you to know, from today, you have your own meter. So now you buy exactly what you want to use. Flexi bundling. Eh? What's the customizer now? Oh, yes. Just like that. And it doesn't expire too. Ah, a Life is good with MTN Flexi Bundle. Now you have full control to pick and choose your very own bundle packages. Whether you want to bundle 3 pesos, 20 pesos, 20 CDs, 30 pesos, or even 115 CDs, we dare for you. Just dial star 138 hash or star 170 hash to enter any amount. And bingo, you are good to go. So go ahead and enjoy bundles that don't expire. That's why we're good together. We dare for you everywhere you go.
established in 1972 as the premier bank for the corporate and private sector in Ghana. From our very beginning, as the only Ghanaian bank serving all categories of businesses, we set a standard for excellence and innovation over the past 45 years. We've built a financially healthy and strong bank, demonstrated our commitment to our customers and to growing businesses, and exhibited originality and innovation at every turn. At UMB, our focus is built around people, service, products, and technology. These are the key to our present success and our future triumphs. At UMB, we're poised to make a difference not only with our customers, but also in the banking industry. We invite you to share in our future. Our future starts now with you. It's 28 minutes past the hour of 7, and this is that big show we've been talking about for a while now. The show on stress and mental health. And we have many of you listening online and making your contributions. Stephen Esri says, a nice topic which needs urgent attention in our nation. Watching live from my corner. Sadiq Abubakar says, I think most of these issues are not complied with by many organizations. They neglect, they neglect work-life balance in the organization. Let me bring you the wonderful world segment, the segment that just celebrates what is beautiful about our country, what is beautiful about the world, so that we don't just talk about the problems and the difficulties. Sometimes there are nice things that must remind us of the greatness that is inside us. So this morning, the International Central Gospel Church Christ Temple presented an amount of 200,000 Ghana cities to the Children's Cancer Unit of the Kolibu. Teaching Hospital as the church's contribution for the year 2020 is the 10th year continuous of engagement and in the first nine years the, the, the hospital got a monthly monthly contribution every month for nine years this year it's a one-off annual contribution but that's not a story that's not what caught my attention it was the response the interaction afterwards and I heard the story of Rihanna an eight-year-old girl from northern Ghana with a single mother, unemployed, who brought her crying for help, obviously without money. She came to the pediatric oncology unit at Kolebu. Due to the generous support that the hospital or the unit got, she was able to receive free treatment. She completed the treatment, including chemotherapy and surgery. Now, this is somebody who came with kidney cancer, something very, very complicated. But guess what? For three years since she received the treatment, she's been cancer-free. She's gone back to school and her mother has returned to the north. This is what makes this a great country. That a little help from somebody can give somebody a better life. On this show, I pray for Rihanna that she will grow up to change this country, become maybe like a president, somebody who will contribute to building this nation. So we look back and see, just because somebody cared, this world it's a better place. What a wonderful world. Please help me clap, 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 clap. If you have a story worth celebrating, please let's share it on the show next week. Send it to us. The number to send it to zero two four nine 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 five five five. Let's celebrate what is beautiful about our country because there's so much to celebrate. But let me come to you, Angie. Just this this idea of supporting our facilities. Earlier this year, there was some support also for the Mental Health Authority. But just the fact that private individuals, churches, organizations can support, how big is it in the delivery of healthcare? Oh, it's, it's, it's really um, a wonderful thing. Um, the Accra Psychiatric Hospital um, has regular people that support 
that go in yeah. for like the children's ward or something and so forth. And it makes a big difference, a huge difference. Um, there are people who go evangelize in um, hospitals even as big as Kolibu and bring God's love to, to patients there. Um, the children's, uh, the, the children's um, child health is a, it's a wonderful place. I, I know the doctors are really dedicated mm. and they have um, and some support. The, the kidney, um, I know um, there is amazing support for um, dialysis and we have, we have one or two huge donors that make it possible for people to continue because it's a very expensive treatment. So to, to companies that give and to people that give, I say hooray, well done. Amen to that. Let me let me come back to our discussion that we've been having this evening about mental health. Mm-hmm. You shared some of the common symptoms. I'm going to go to the, the point I made about the impact on economics because we are doing one show on health every month and people are asking this show is typically about economic empowerment. It's about it's about creating wealth. It's about mm-hmm. driving us to become the best that we can be. And so, how do you find space for career, finance, property, and then you also find one slot for for, for health? Mm-hmm. And and we've been we've been discussing since the beginning of the year that health is a big economic issue. Oh, so yes. if I used um, my primary calculation of, of using the the current exchange rate. The, the GDP of Ghana using 2018 figures rebase is about 360 billion cities. That means that 7% of it is approximately 25 billion cities lost as a result of the loss of productivity arising from mental health. Angie, are you surprised? I know this, I know. this, this figure will be, will be very mind. welcome at the Ministry of Finance. 25 billion will do a lot of good. <laughs> Absolutely. So that study, um, I was part of that study. Wow. Yes. Um, it, the figure came out of work that Yale University and the University of Ghana, ISA, did. They were doing an economic survey right. and they put in uh, one psychological distress scale called the Kessler. Mm. And um, that's where um, around the country we found that about 20% of respondents, and this is not people with mental illness, this is just normal people, you know, saying, I have so much distress in my life. And that that's like the 20%, almost 20% you talked about. Right. Uh, mild to moderate, um, mild to moderate psychological distress, um, and 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 that's and and when you quantified it by asking them how many days they lost in a month or in the last 30 days due to not feeling well about themselves, that's when they said I've lost two days, three days, half day, whatever because I didn't feel great, not because of physical illness. Right. And when they put all of that together, right. the economists came up with a, the figure of a 7% loss to GDP. So, I, I mean, we wrote that paper and we were not at all surprised by by this number. Okay. You know, when, when, you, when you think of it and um, just calculate the number of hours the person couldn't come to work because they were not feeling too great, they were not yes. feeling too well, yes. it sounds like an isolated case. But when you strike the averages yes. and juxtapose against the national GDP and, yes. and come out with a number like this, suddenly you ask yourself, this is huge. It is huge. It is huge. And so whenever we speak to policymakers about it and we mention the 7% GDP, they sit up. 
because suddenly they realize that we're not we're not joking about this. This is really impacting us. So when you have a church that doesn't close at uh, that 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 goes all night every day with how do you call drums. it drums or a nightclub yeah. near a residential area that goes on all weekend and people can't sleep. Yeah. You're creating mental health difficulties in the neighborhood. And the mental health difficulties can translate into physical health problems. Right. You know, the anxiety yeah. can, you know, lead to heightened levels of blood pressure, you know, um, heart rates and so forth. So then they're beginning to spend money on physical causes as well as the psychological difficulty and loss of productivity. When that person goes to work, they're going to sleep all of Monday and Tuesday because they haven't slept in in the whole weekend. So municipalities have to have some control over the things that create problems for their, their residents. That's just one. If you're sitting in traffic for four hours a day, two hours to go to work, two hours to come back, and all you're doing in traffic is just looking at your time, you know, and and, and wishing you were home. And, and by the time you're home, you're so stressed about about this. I mean, your 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 health is going to suffer. Your physical and your mental health are going to suffer. So the design of our cities and the residential arrangements are a big contributing factor. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, people load their children into their cars at 4 or 5 in the morning to bring them to school and, and, and to, be, to, to, to be able to overcome the traffic and all of that, get to school on time. The kids are tired. How are they studying? You know, if you repeat one year, that's extra school fees that you're paying. You know, and if you're not studying well in your formative years, you haven't learned the lessons, it's compounding in your future. Why, why don't we know? Why are we so ignorant about mental health? Let me open the four lines. Maybe I'm not the only one who is ignorant. The more I learn, the more I feel that I don't know. I've learned about this for, for a few years. And any time I sit in this kind of discussion, I feel I still don't know enough. Because I find out something else that is a contributing factor that we are ignoring. I think as a nation, we literally are lost as far as this issue is concerned. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to try a statistic, but several people standing in influential positions have no clue about the trigger points mm-hmm. of mental health. Mm-hmm. The number to call, 030-221-6541. Just call and, and talk to us. Let us know. Are you yourself having mental health challenges? Let's have an honest discussion. Are, are, you, are you struggling with things that you don't understand? You can't sleep. You find yourself over-relying on on the coffee, the narcotics, the something. And I find myself in a situation where nobody seems to understand you, and yet you know it's not just right. Let's go to the phone lines. Hello, good evening. Hello, good evening. Your name, where are you calling from, please? My name, Robert. My name, my name is um, Richard, calling from North Carnation. Yes. I, Richard, I, tell I, me, are you, are you ch- challenged with a mental health condition yourself? Yes. I remember somewhere last month in December, I had work overload from from work. Yes, I was so stressed that I felt like I was going out of my mind. And I found this. I found solace in a book called Emotional Intelligence by Daniel Goleman. It helped me so. It taught me exactly what I was going through and how to deal with it. 
And by reading that book, I I taught myself to control myself and to take it easy on myself. And by God's grace, I'm doing quite very well now. Thank you very much, Daniel. So you found solace in the book. And is it one of the ways to turn things around? We have some great books written. Um, Emotional Intelligence talks about you being able to... Let me take take one more caller and then I'll come back to you too. Hello, good evening. Good evening, sir. Your name, where are you calling from, please? Uh, my name is Dennis. Dennis, tell me, are you are you ch- are you challenged in one way or another uh, by stress and uh, related issues? Pardon? Are you challenged yourself by stress? Yeah, 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 yeah. yes, yes, yes. Uh, it's, it's, it's quite it's quite informative. Uh, this was one factors that we we don't sleep well. Sometimes I sleep and I wake up around like three a.m. I can't sleep again and all that. And sometimes my mind is just walking around trying to put the dogs together, but I'm able to fix the dogs together. I, I don't know if it's, it's, it's kind of mental, though, but as you enlighten us on it, I, I think I'm exactly understanding what I'm heading towards. I think it's a really good show for some of us who know have it's most more fundamental information I share. I think it's very important. And thanks to our team as well. Thank you very much. So the number to call, 0302216541 or 0244340437. Are you dealing with stress and feeling sometimes like it's going over the top? Are you, are you, have you even considered that before tonight that what you are going through is a mental health issue? Are you one of those like me who, before I began to learn about mental health, the whole idea of mental health was like Abudam, today, and you're correct. Uh, let, let's talk about this. Hello, good evening. Okay. Hello, good evening. Hello, good evening. Can you hear me? I can hear you very well. Go ahead. Yes, yes. Thank you very much for the opportunity. My name is Kofi from Dansuman. Kofi, go ahead. Um, yeah. Um, well, as one key psychiatrist once said some time back, many, many Ghanaians are walking the street and they actually have mental issues that they themselves are not aware of. So I want to ask if there are programs in place that can screen people because we have breast cancer screening, all kinds of screening going on. What about mental health? Shouldn't we also have that in place so that people can be screened? And if you have a leader, for instance, you work in a company, you could be the president, you could be your minister, and sometimes the decisions that they take, you realize that this guy or this lady, there's something not uh, well upset. What do you do? Do they have programs in place to ensure that such people, even pastors, some of them, the kinds of things that they say, sometimes um, I think that it's a mental health problem, but then they try to relate it to religion and impose all kinds of things on you. So I have those two concerns, and if the lady in the studio can address them. Thank you very much. Let's come to the studio and ask, Prof, are there screening programs that people could voluntarily um, go and ask for help in being screened? Well, um, there there it is possible to put them in place it's possible for a person to walk into say Kolibu teaching hospital and ask to see a psychologist and and get screened um it's possible to walk into any of the psychiatric hospitals and ask to see a psychologist or a psychiatrist and get some help um but then um, companies also can put in place what we call um, employee assistance programs right. where they can screen um, everybody they hire, not to throw them out, but or, or to, support them to support them better. Right. Um, and th- those are really good programs um, to do. 
would it be the case, Doctor, that the 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 few resource persons we have are so overstretched mm-hmm. dealing with if I if I may call it so respectfully real cases that you coming to do the you coming to do the cursory checkup um, will not be a, a priority for them. Oh, it was I, such a pleasure always in our clinic to have people who came in and said who walked in and said I can't sleep that's oh I can't for yeah. you it may seem to you that this is nothing because you're not shouting. Uh, at the top of your head. But for us, the fact that you come in on your own and you are ready to talk about it is a wonderful... Uh, and, it, and and you're coming in at a time when it's not that severe. Um, it's good news. It's good news. So as we speak, I mean, I, we can announce that any any listener who feels yes. they need help yes. can come to Kolebu and come and... and yes, Kolebu has 21 psychologists. Can you believe it? Right. So there's yes. help. There's help. Right. There's help. Let me come to Kobna and, and, and find out how you are now. I mean, uh, I wouldn't say I am out of the woods. Uh, as I told you, um, from tw- I've made a personal commitment. commitment on 31st December 2015, when I was getting better, that if God willing, I'm able to come out of this anxiety disorder, I'll try and educate people about it, how they can come out of it. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I met a lady through Ghanaian Chronicle. For the purpose of this program, program I call her Effie. She's come out of an NGO called Others Like Me. It's a one, it's, it's one word, Others Like Me. Right. You can search for it on Facebook. And I'm part of that NGO. We have doctors, psychiatric doctors. We have some NGOs who are also into mental health. And I'm happy Dr. Prof is here. I will take force number and give it to the lady to add it to our WhatsApp group. <laughs> so we are, they, we, are, we, have about, we are about 35 now. Drug addicts who have also are recovering, depressed patients who are recovering, anxiety. And we, we have met once. We met at Oyarefa. We got to know ourselves. And we are supposed to meet again in March. And through that, we educate ourselves. So you think that is a, that's, that's your way of giving back to society? Yes. When you look back... At, when you look back at the period when you were vulnerable, so vulnerable and unsure, mm-hmm. and you look now at yourself and how much you are in control, how well you've done, what goes through your mind? I was just telling you when we came to program that two days ago, I, I, I realized that I was feeling uneasy. Mm-hmm. And the thought came into me that, come now, just take warm water. A, a small voice just to me, take warm water. I took the warm water. I still, I was still feeling a bit uneasy. Then the thought came in there, come like, just drink a cup of natural cocoa, the bitter one. Mm-hmm. I took it. And about 30 minutes after, I was okay. Mm-hmm. And since then, I realized that when I am getting the, I'm getting Jittery. Mm-hmm. I just have to relax. Right. Mm-hmm. Initially, if you tell me to calm down, Madam is a witness. If you tell me anxiety, you have to calm down. The person will not understand you. But what do you mean by I should calm down? Right. Mm-hmm. But now, when you tell me to calm down, you can calm down. Calm down. It's so much better. Let me ask you a question before I go to our data skin segment. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody's asking on Facebook, what is the place of of meditation in managing stress it's a very important thing to do if you know how to meditate right. because um, that brings down all the physical symptoms of stress right so it's key um, apart from meditation we have what we call um, different kinds of relaxation techniques right. like tensing and relaxing your muscles right. uh, deep breathing 
um, uh, visualizing a peaceful environment. A simple one, exercise. Right. We'll do some more of this. We'll do some more of this for sure. Amos, you are going to give us a statistic. But even more importantly, I can tell you what, that's fit point. I can bet that many people will be guilty. What do you have for us in the data skin segment? Okay, so before we go to the fifth point, the data skin segment provides credible data for decision-making, analysis, and prediction. Right. Tonight, our data is on stress and mental health. A survey by the American Psychological Association revealed that 63% of respondents experienced psychological symptoms of stress. That means six out of every ten people was stressed. Right. Research shows that stress negatively affects mental health. Key factors that cause stress and by extension mental health challenges are one, pressure to succeed. Two, financial worries. Three, housing worries. Four, long-term health conditions. Pause. The fifth one that everyone will fall into the pit. Please give it to us. <laughs> Feeling a need to respond to messages instantly. On your phone. I'm mm-hmm. telling you. Hey, you, you are. <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I saw the fifth one, I said this one. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, look, everybody outside the studio, everybody in the studio, you're all guilty. We hold our phones all day long. I'm telling you, we are all stressed. <laughs> it was, what's your closing thought? So, indeed, we are all guilty. And our question to the listeners, which of these five are you most guilty of? Number five. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Minister, uh, of, 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 of 8 o'clock. Before I come back to my guest to, to, to hit on that, let me go straight to Jojo for the, for the Game Changer segment. Jojo, what do you have for us today? So, if someone asked you who the biggest pop star in the world was, the chances are you would mention Beyonce. The Houston-born singer is the second most awarded musician of all time, and her acclaimed work translates into massive cultural power. Now, in addition to counting notable figures like Barack Obama among her fans, Beyonce has a massive online platform. She has 138 million followers on Instagram alone, which is more than the population of Japan. This actually makes her the ninth most followed person in the whole world. So with all this reach, what did Beyonce do when she needed to launch Ivy Park, her new clothing brand with Adidas? Now, one of the most impactful tips from today's show on mental health was just being able to reach out to others. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what Beyonce did. Today, our game changer is leverage. Now, to get out the word about her brand, Beyonce sent a selection of items from the collection to celebrities such as Reese Witherspoon, Zendaya, Cardi B, and Hailey Bieber, among others. Now, the items arrived in huge orange boxes, and all the celebs who received them shared videos online showing off their new outfits. But why does all that matter? Well, just between those four people I mentioned, they have almost 170 million followers, way more than Beyonce herself. But even more importantly, some of their followers would never have heard of Ivy Park if Beyonce had only released it on her platform. Now, having millions of followers is great, but did the strategy work? Absolutely. Within 24 hours, the entire collection had sold out. Leveraging the networks of influential people is a highly effective marketing strategy. 49% of people, that is basically half of your prospective customers, rely on influencer recommendations. 
and a further 74% of people trust social networks to help them make purchase decisions. Author Willie Nelson put it best, when we leverage, we aggregate and organize existing resources to achieve success. Now this week, whether in our careers, in our finances, our property or our health issues, let us reach out to others who can potentially help us to achieve more than we ever could on our own. This has been The Game Changer with Jojo Okren. Have a phenomenal week. Absolutely phenomenal. And I can imagine somebody just writing this down and making money out of it. Jojo, you do all. <laughs> it is eight minutes to the hour of eight o'clock. Let me come back to my guests and get their reactions. First, on the on the point number five, Angie, are we guilty or not guilty? Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> our medical students uh, did a study, our final year medical students did a study on... Um, on FaceTime, on, on how much time they spend on, the, on their phones. And they also use their, their phones to study. But, I mean, it's truly um, an issue. So out of that, we learned um, from the research around the world that the length of time spent on social media correlates with mental health difficulties. Right. Positively. So the longer you spend on on, on social media and on the net and so forth, the more likely it is that you're going to be anxious or depressed. Why? What, what, what is it? Just, just give us the follow-up. What, what, is, what is the correlation? Why is there a positive correlation? Uh, the, there's a pos- I, we think that the, the correlation, the reason is you're, you've, the more time you spend, the less time you spend in actual contact with other people. Right. Which has, which which has some gives ca- you, tactic effect. It gives you pleasure. Right. You know, being with people, somebody smiles at you, you smile back. They, they, they say something, you're, oh, I like what you're wearing, it makes you feel good. I like your hair, it makes right. you feel good. Um, if you're gaming, it's, it's not Intense, real but not human contact. Right. It's not human. And we, we're social creatures. What about, what about trolling and media bullying? Does, does it add to it? Um, you know, there's, a little, there's, there's some intense trolling sometimes. I mean, people tease you. They, they come at you very hard. I mean, is it a contributing factor? In Oh, on the net? Yes. Well, there's all kinds of negative experiences yeah. on the net. Um, and, well, I mean, those haven't been pinpointed as the, right. the, the, the reasons why. But I'm sure that there's, a, uh, there's some enough people also suffering from you know, the bullying and on, on online. Right. And I think particularly for young people that parents need to be aware that if you're giving a, a, a phone to a young person, you really just want to give them a phone that's basic. Right. Uh, some level of control. Some, so you have some level of control. I'm going to come back to you to give us your closing thoughts. But before that, I'm going to tell you the one big takeaway, and none of you can guess which, what it is. Um, whenever I listen to the show, I ask myself, what am I working with? away with as the one thing I've learned. And there are several things I've learned, but when I come back from this break, I'm going to tell you which one I would consider the biggest lesson from the show today. Please don't go away. How do you intend to sustain yourself when you retire? My children will take care of me when I'm retired. (laughs) I am a professional. I can work till 80. (laughs) 
Some people leave their retirement to chance. How are you planning yours? Your attitude today can help you avoid struggling to survive when you retire. With 50 Ghana Cities monthly investment in the Axis Pension Plan, you can accumulate 700,000 Ghana Cities in 30 years. This investment will guarantee you retirement income that far exceeds your current income. Visit www.axispension.com to sign up or call 0302-543-287 or 0544-321-966 for details. Axis Pension Trust, your reliable partner in pensions. When you don't have the Enterprise Advantage app, you're not in control. Yes, I could see. I'm at where they sell the coats. What size do you like? Ah, what coats? Coats, coats, office coats. Ah, I said get me a coat. Quotation from Enterprise. Ah, super. Oh, what coat? Save yourself from the stress. Take advantage of the Enterprise Advantage app. Make your claims, check statements, request for a coat, and buy a policy from any of our subsidiaries. What's more, you can also get health tips, traffic information, find mechanic shops, and more on your Enterprise Advantage app. Download the Enterprise Advantage app on Google Play and Apple Store now. Here is to 95 years of trust. Enterprise, your advantage. Springboard is your virtual university, and we are getting so many messages from all over the world, people asking questions, people wanting to be part of it. One theme is flying through all of them. This is an important discussion we need to have. Listen, just because we are a listening, a listening institution, we will flip the arrangement. Instead of having the health discussion next month, at the end of the month, we are bringing it as the first of the month. So next week, Prof will be back. And this time, we'll be answering your questions and helping you to understand. We'll, we'll, we'll add on to our resource and help you to understand where you are and even more importantly, what you must do. I'm going to come back to my guests to tell me their, their closing thoughts. But let me tell you my one big takeaway from my one big takeout from this discussion. I've learned a lot about anger, being jittery, palpitations, bad sleep. I've learned the various signs of panic disorder. But the one thing that is my biggest takeout is that four hours spent in traffic a day is a potential trigger for mental health challenges. Finished. So if you live on the outskirts of Accra and you spend two hours commuting in and two hours commuting out, all those symptoms that you are facing that are affecting your relationships, that makes you restless and you can't sleep and you are drinking a bit more of something that you should drink. Listen, it is tied down to one simple thing. The traffic, the feeling of being boxed in and the feeling of being helpless. It's a mental health issue. I've learned something tonight. It's two minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock. Angie, 30 seconds, your closing thought for today. Talk about feeling distressed. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay. It's okay. It doesn't mean that you are you are you are weak. No, there's no weakness about that. It's right. strength in asking for help. Oh, really? I could have added that one to my lessons. Yes. <laughs> there's strength in asking for help. It's great strength in asking for help. Wow. Come now, let me come to you. Bible says all things work together for good. You look back. Nobody would have wished to have a mental health challenge. You had one. You've come out of it largely. You're, you're literally fine. And you're using your experience to help others. When you look back at what you went through, what one big takeout do you have? What, what positive thing can you see from your experience? So one positive thing, as I told you, that's faithful Sunday. I was in a church goer. One positive thing that came out of that, I became more prayerful. And one, I would say one religious man of God. You know him, um, 
Kakabedin. He actually played an instrumental role in my recovery. Right. And since then, that's I, I attend the church. Right. And that's one for so your faith in God has benefited. Yes. Right. Yes. We'll definitely talk some more about this, but I want to say a big thank you to you, Professor Angela Oforiata, for making time to join us, Kobna Depafuye, for, for sharing your story so openly. And I've, I've got lots of messages saying thank you to you for talking about your life. So people feel free now to say, listen, I also have had this this stress and this challenge that I want to talk about. Kamna makes the work with Jesus, and the topic is knowing your spouse's Temperament. I definitely will be listening in to Amos Kelvin Annan joining Pastor Ransford Abusi. So we come your way again next week with part two of our discussion about stress and mental health. My name is Albert Okren. On behalf of Comfort Matthew, Priscilla, Amos, Emmanuel, David, and Jojo, God bless you. God bless you. And God bless you. Good night.